0: Alright, notice those last two verses that he read there in Deuteronomy chapter 5. It says, "...Ye shall observe to do therefore as the Lord your God hath commanded you. Ye shall not turn aside to to the right hand or to the left. Ye shall walk in all the ways which the Lord your God hath commanded you, that ye may live, and that it may be well with you, and that ye may prolong your days in the land which ye shall possess." And the title, I'm getting the title of my message from verse 32 where it says, You shall not turn aside to the right hand or to the left. It is important that we stay right down the middle. We stay on track when it comes to the things of God, obeying the laws of God, when it comes to teaching the doctrines of God. We are to try, we are to do our very best to teach things exactly the way the Bible says. We should not add two things. We shouldn't take it away. And we definitely shouldn't try improving something in the Bible. You know, we shouldn't try updating things. And what what I'm doing right now, I've been studying for a lot of different messages. I did one a couple weeks ago, uh, just on things, common mistakes that people make in studying their Bibles and when coming up with their doctrine. And what I want to talk about tonight it's just how important it is that we stay focused and that we stay down the line, uh, in the scriptures in our doctrine, that we don't go to the right hand or the left, because often people try, what ends up happening, we want to avoid going into certain false doctrines or following certain bad people, so often what we end up doing is we start, we take things too far the other direction. And that's a mistake. We have, we see today is just a natural thing in the world and even in IFB churches where they're going liberal, you know, they're lightening up too much. And so it's like, well, we got to, you know, we've got to try to get things pulled back. And if we're not careful, we can take things too far the other way. You know, yes, dress standards are slipping. Okay. But do we need to dress up like Amish people? You know, do we need to take things that far? You know, we, yes, you know, music, it's getting out of control. It's getting liberal. I hate the rock and roll music, but do we need to get so conservative that we just go a cappella? You know, and we just chant Psalms? You know, with no tune to it? You know, we even take things too far the other direction. And often we do the same thing too, just when it comes to Bible doctrine, is we see how there's false doctrine going, you know, people are going one way and a false doctrine. And if we're not careful, we can take it too far the other way. Okay, for example, dispensationalism is running amok in Baptist churches. It's bad. It is a bad, bad doctrine. But did you know that not every single thing that dispensationalists teach is false? You know, for example, you know, we're not sacrificing animals anymore. That changed, didn't it? So did some things not change from the Old Testament to the New Testament? Absolutely. But because we're so repulsed by them with them teaching multiple gospels, you know, and teaching how the gospels change and all these kind of things, it's like we say, well, there's no change at all. You know, but no, there were things that were different. There, you know, Jesus Christ, I mean, he gave us a better covenant with better promises and better sacrifices. You know, we've got something better than what they had in the Old Testament. Therefore, you know, it is different in certain ways, but because we want to distance ourselves from them, if we're not careful, we can take it too far in the other direction. And so I want us to look at some things tonight that will help us avoid that. Because false doctrine is running rampant in the world today. There's no doubt about that. I mean, it's like people are losing their minds and they're going crazy. And a lot of times, you know, whenever a big fight starts over a doctrine, what we end up, what we have a tendency to do if we're not careful, is we end up reacting to that, and we end up running in the other direction too far, to where we create another false doctrine, and we can't do that. That we're not to turn to the right hand or to the left hand when it comes to the things that God has laid out and the things that God teaches. And so, for example, uh, some examples, I guess, of this. All right, when it comes to the Trinity, okay. Who have we been fighting for years? We've been fighting the Jehovah's Witnesses. We've been fighting the Mormons who deny the deity of Jesus Christ. They do not believe that Jesus is God. And so in trying to fight that wicked doctrine, there's people that have sometimes accidentally, they took things too far the other way teaching that Jesus is God the Father. Which is just, that's not true either. Okay, but it's like, well, you know, I don't want to be like those Jehovah's Witnesses. Well, good, don't be like those Jehovah's Witnesses. But you don't have to go way over to the other direction too, where there is now no Father, Son, Holy Spirit. That it's you know, it's these one are one instead of these three are one. You know, don't go, don't go off into modalism. Don't go be like the Pentecostals. Okay, there is a place in the middle that's accurate, but many times in reaction to one false doctrine, and I don't think it's a coincidence too. That, you know, the Mormons, the Jehovah's Witnesses, they got their starts in the early 1900s around the same time as the Jesus only Pentecostals did. You know, I, I, maybe that was a reaction to that. I don't know. I wasn't there when that happened. But that kind of thing often takes place. You know, many people, they end up teaching Arminianism trying to debunk the Calvinists. Okay? We know Calvinists are bad. We know Calvinism is a wicked doctrine. Okay? We do believe that man has a free will. We do not believe that God has picked who's going to get saved and who's going to go to hell, you know, on an individual basis. But at the same time, we're not arminians either. They go and they take the free will too far in the other direction, and you know what? Both are wrong. Both of them are dead wrong. A lot of times people say, you know, they'll use the illustration, you got the road, and you got ditches on both sides. On one side you got calvinism, on the other side you got arminianism. You know, they're both ditches. They'll both lead you to hell. They're both bad. We need to stay in the middle of the road. Don't just react to the false doctrine. You have the lordship, salvation, repent of your sins crowd that's often a response to the trendies who have turned the grace of God into lasciviousness. They take grace to where, I mean, God doesn't even have a problem with sin. God's not, you know, angry at the wicked every day. You know, I mean, they, they take it so far the other direction, you know, and then you've got the old IFB, they're repulsed by these trendies, and rightfully so. They're disgusting. But yet, you don't need to go into lordship salvation. You don't need to go teaching people they have to repent of their sins, and they have to turn over a new leaf, and clean up their life. Things like that. Sorry, salvation is a free gift. But unfortunately, I believe many of these guys have taken that too far in response to the trendies. And you know, and then you have, uh, so you know, and there I could go on and on with examples. I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time on that, but we need to understand that Satan, he often uses doctrines that are close to the truth, to deceive people, not the ones that are miles away. Because when you when you think about it, you know, if I'm just going to deceive you all with some new doctrine, all right, especially one that's going to lead you to hell, I'm not just going to come up with some crazy off the wall thing. I'm not just going to get up here and say, "You know what, guys? Jesus isn't really the son of God. Lucifer's really the son of God." Well, I mean, you'd throw me out of here so fast if I if I tried saying something like that. If I I mean, that's just that's just way too far out there. You'd never fall for it in a million years. But you know what they the devil would do? Say, "Well, you know, God didn't really send his son. He actually sent himself." You know? Just, he's going to change things a little bit, you know, make it a little closer. You know, you're not going to necessarily go as far as saying, you know, there is no Trinity, you know, or no, you know, he's not going to deny the deity of Christ, but say, you know, teach that oneness doctrine, a modalist doctrine, something like that. He uses things that are closer to the truth in many ways. That's how he deceives. If he goes too far, you know, he's going to lose you. Satan is a counterfeiter. I've been talking about that a lot. Satan is a counterfeiter. Counterfeiters try to make what they are producing look like the real thing, but they're not the real thing. And that is how Satan works. And so, if we try to get too far away from a false doctrine, we can often end up in the ditch for another false doctrine. Okay? Modalism is bad. Okay? The oneness teaching is a very bad teaching, but we don't want to go so far away from them that we end up with the Jehovah's Witnesses and with the Mormons, do we? You know, and, and unfortunately many times people do, in reaction to the false doctrine, they'll take it too far in the other direction and just end up in another false doctrine. And there's ways that we can there's ways that we can avoid this. So pastors, or religions too that often appear close to us, they're often more dangerous than those who are farther away. You know, because, because, for example, the Catholics are so different than us, you know, I don't really have to worry about you all being deceived by them, do I? But there's other people out there, you know, who I'm almost more repulsed by, and you know, who I, I probably tend to preach more against are people that are more like the old IFB. Or some of these like counterfeit new IFB type churches. Why? Because they look so similar. They have a greater potential to deceive. Where the Catholic Church is just way off into left field somewhere. You all aren't going to fall for that. Okay. That's not that's not even close to a counterfeit. All right. You know, when you match up, matching up the Catholic Church with our church is like matching up real money with Monopoly money. Okay. Nobody's going to fall for that. Nobody's going to go to the gas station with Monopoly money trying to buy anything, okay? And a person would be foolish to come into this church and to try to peddle Catholic doctrine, okay? But maybe some of these other people, and I don't know, I'm in a good mood, I don't know if I want to name a whole lot of names, but there's people out there that look a lot like us. They do. They look a lot like us. And some of these guys too are always wanting to talk about, I don't understand why we can't be friends, you know? We're so much alike on all these things. It's just, you know, maybe these other little things, and they want to whine about how we don't want to fellowship with them. And I'm going to tell you why. It's because they are a counterfeit. Trying to pass themselves off is the real thing. You know, I would rather fellowship with somebody too, who maybe is more obviously different, but are heading in the right direction. Okay? That's what Jack Hiles used to teach too. You know, he would often preach for churches that were quite a bit different than him, but they were people that were going in the right direction. You know, coming his way, where there were other preachers who were closer to him, but they were heading off into another direction. He didn't want to have anything to do with those guys. And you know, I personally agree with that. That's how I feel. And there are, there are old IFB preachers that I would rather fellowship, that I would let come and preach in this church. They don't agree with us on end times. You know, they like Jews and things like that, you know, all that kind of stuff. I would rather them come preach here than some of these. You know, new IFB counterfeiters that are out there, because those guys, I don't know where they're going, I don't know where they're going to end up, and I, frankly, I'm, you know, I'm concerned about some of them. Where some of these other people, I think they're heading in the right direction, and so those ones that are closer, they do, they kind of repulse us sometimes, especially as pastors, because we realize just how dangerous they are, because they have the potential to deceive. But, you know, when we say, you know, there's that saying, too, you know, the truth lies somewhere in the middle, okay? That doesn't always apply, all right? Because, for example, the truth doesn't lie in the middle between the Democrats and Republicans. Would we not all agree with that? You know, the truth does not lie in the middle between the old IFB and the trendies, right? We would would all agree with that. You know, the truth doesn't lie in between the Catholics and the Lutherans, right? You know, it it doesn't lie in between there. So that doesn't always work, but... Every Bible doctrine, it has the potential to be taken into false doctrine in multiple directions. I, I, I think we would all agree with that. So, how do we avoid doing that? All right. Whenever a controversy comes up about a doctrine, whatever it is, all right. I mean, you name it. Whether it be, you know, about the inspiration of the Bible, whether it be on salvation, whatever it is. You know, whenever something comes up, all right, whatever the next big fight is, all right, okay, we're always getting in fights around here over doctrine, aren't we? All right, it's just it's a pretty, uh, pretty common thing, and you know, and I tend to get caught up in some of these things. Uh, it's just I don't know, sometimes I, I just like it, okay, but sometimes it's I'm passionate about the subject too. When the next fight comes up, that on a doctrine. You know, what do you need to do? What can you do whenever you find yourself? Whenever the next one of these counterfeiters comes along that pretend that they're one of us, but then all of a sudden they introduce this doctrine that only seems a little different. And then all of a sudden, other preachers are spazzing out about it and talking about how wicked it is and you're trying to sort it out a lot in your mind. What can you do to make sure you go in the right direction and that you get it right and that you're on the right side of the issue? What do you need to do? Well, first thing you need to do is make sure you get your position. Now, this is real easy to say. All right? What I'm going to say here, it's not going to be deep. It's a real easy thing to say, but it's not always as easy to do as you think. All right? You need to make sure the doctrine that you're getting, whatever you decide on, whatever your position is, that you got it from the Bible and not from men. Okay. Now, I understand you know, Second Timothy 2.2, uh, two, the things which thou hast learned among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. Yes, we learned a lot of doctrine from men. That's fine. But when I say don't get your doctrine from men, I'm saying don't let your position be based on a man, is what I'm saying. We all learn doctrine from people. Okay? When the next whenever there's a doctrine that comes up, whenever we're if there's a question about something, I am going to get up and I'm going to preach on that doctrine. We I do that all the time, and there's nothing wrong with you listening to me. There's nothing wrong with you learning from me. But at the end of the day, hopefully what's winning you over is the fact that I showed you from the Bible. And hopefully you're not just going to decide, well, you know what? I'm on Brother Tommy's side because it's Brother Tommy. You don't, that's not what we want to do. We don't pick our sides based on who is on that side. Now, said you can take those things into consideration. You can say, well, listen, you know, this guy, you know, I, you know, we can trust him. He seems like he's been right. But at the end of the day, you make him prove it from the Bible. Make him show you from the Bible <clears throat> why he believes the things that he believes, and you better be able to back it up with some scripture. Look what it says in Second Timothy uh, chapter three. And verse 15 says, And from a child thou hast known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. And all Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, truly furnished unto all good works. Timothy, he was someone who had learned the Scriptures from a child. From a child. He knew the Bible. He knew what was in the book. Okay, and so and notice too, Paul also mentioned to Timothy who he learned the scriptures from, didn't he? He mentioned his mother and his grandmother Lois and Eunice. They taught him, but they taught him the scriptures. He knew what the scripture said. At the end of the day, his position was based on scriptures. And you know what? I know who taught me a lot of the doctrines that I know. But my reason for the doctrinal positions I have are not based on who is on my side, but it's what they taught me from the Scriptures. And a great example of somebody who is getting their doctrine just from men and not what those men taught them from the Bible are these men like Keith Gomez who whenever he wants to bring up why it's pre-trib, all he does is name names of men. That's all he does. He doesn't bring up the Scriptures that they taught him. What does he do? He brings up names. He starts name dropping. I just had somebody send me a message the other day that, I mean, you know, giving me grief for not being pre trib. And it was funny. They were talking about dispensationalism. I can't believe you reject dispensationalism. You know, you're going against. And they went off all the same names that Keith Gomez always says. This person doesn't even know Keith Gomez. But they went through, rattled off all the same names. It got onto me for rejecting dispensationalism. And one of the names they put down was Jack Hiles. And guess what my response was? I sent them the YouTube clip of Jack Hiles ripping on dispensationalism. And they criticized me in that same thing too for going after Schofield and criticizing Schofield. Because in that same clip, Jack Hiles is criticizing Schofield and saying you wouldn't have dispensations if it wasn't for Schofield. And after that, guess what? I got blocked. Which told me, I won. <laughs> so that that was that was pretty fun but that's that's all these people have. This person didn't have any scripture to give me. This person they named all these names but they didn't bring up any of the scriptures that they had been taught. They only brought the names. Guess who's on my team. Okay, great. Tell me the scripture they showed you. They taught you. You know, their their positions are based on men, not the Bible. Now I can tell you who taught me, you know, script the scriptures. I can I can drop some of those names too, but at the end of the day, when I tell you the reason for my position, I will not say because of so-and-so. I'll say because of this verse right here. And it's, it's a really, it's irrelevant who taught it to me. What matters is that I have Scripture. So understand, we learn things from men, but our doctrine should be based on the fact that we have Scriptures. And many people today are out there, well, you know what? I'm going to stand strong on this doctrine because I trust this man. Bad idea. That's not the way this stuff is supposed to work. And so you've got to get it from the Bible. And often, people, they get to looking, you know, when it comes to a fight between doctrine, they get confused trying to pick a side. You know, because it's like, wait, what do we do when it's two good guys fighting with each other? You know, now what do we do? You know, we've got Jack Hiles preaching against. A lot of the other guys in the old IP that are King James against the repent of your sins doctrine. You know, what do you do when Jack Hiles is at odds with Key Gomez? Okay, what what are we supposed to do in that situation? I'm supposed to be able to trust both of these guys. Well, listen, make them plead their case with the scriptures. And at the end of the day, decide who you're going to follow based on the Scriptures, not the man. I have heard preachers from their own mouths tell me that they decided a long time ago that they were going to stick with this man. I've heard people say that. I can name preachers right now who have said, I decided years ago I was going to stick by that man talking about Keith Gomez and I'm I'm going to follow him. And if you ask these guys, well, can you explain your position on these things? They can't give you Bible for it. They'll say Keith Gomez. They will literally do that. I've heard it come from their mouths. And many people, for example, the big repentance fight back in the 90s. Okay? Now, I wasn't around. I didn't see that fight. I've heard legends about it. Okay? I didn't follow a lot of that stuff back then, but I've heard about it. And since I have, I guess you could say, you know, years later, try to help get round three going on that, because I guess there's been a couple of them. I've, I have heard multiple preachers say, I decided back in the whole repentance fight, back in the 90's, where I stood, and I'm not moving from that position. And you know what? that When they, when they say that, what they're really saying is, now I, they're not saying I got it settled in the Scripture then, because they won't even dare open the Bible in front of me. With that They won't even dare do that. You know what that means? I decided who I was going to side with. And what that means is they decided I'm going to follow you know, the Keith Gomez crowd or whatever crowd it was. And you know what? There's people on the other side that picked the right position, but only because they liked you know, this preacher better. At the end of the day, there's people that are on the right side. They can't give you a scriptural reason for why they're where they're at. They picked their side based on who accepted that position. Well I like Bob Gray better than I like Keith Gomez, so you know, I'm against the you know, repent of sins for salvation. You know? So that that does not work. And you do not want to choose your doctrine. You don't want to lock yourself into a position in the middle of a fight. Listen, the next big doctrinal fight that comes up, if it's a doctrine that you are not solid on, if it's one that you've never studied out for yourself, don't just automatically take a position. okay? Just sometimes it's okay for you to just sit back and watch. Sometimes it's okay for you to just study and look and learn. and many pastors, they lock themselves in on the wrong side back in the 90s and they'll never get out of it. They can't. They've said too much. They've made too many vows, they've made too many promises. and it's amazing that um, I mean just you go you go listen to a, a preacher, Preach a message that you have to repent of your sins in order to be saved compared to the guy who preaches this believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and the amount of Scriptures that the believe in the Lord Jesus Christ crowd will use versus the other is astounding. It's it's just amazing. Same thing too with pre-trip versus post-trip. You go listen to a pre-trip message versus a post-trip, look how many Scriptures the pre-trip uses versus a post-trip guy. And if you do, Sam Giff one time tried to prove he could use a lot of Scripture. You know, to teach the Jews where God's chosen people. And all he did was read just dozens and dozens of Old Testament verses that had nothing to do with anything. That was all he did. Because he... I, I'll use a lot of Scripture. But all the stuff he was reading... I'm thinking, most of the stuff you're reading has nothing to do with either position. And then, the stuff that does have to do with it proves our point. But, you know, he just read it, and it made, it made him look good. You know, it's just... It, there is no contest when it comes to the amount of Scripture... And so, you're not always a coward when you try to stay out of a fight. It's okay for you to just sometimes sit back and say, you know what, I'm not ready for this fight. I've not prepared for this. It says in Proverbs 17, verse 27, "...he that hath knowledge spareth his words, and a man of understanding is of an excellent spirit. Even a fool, when he holdeth his peace, is counted wise, and he that shutteth his lips is esteemed a man of understanding." You don't have to be the first one out there whenever there's a new doctrinal controversy that comes up to go put a video out there on YouTube stating your position. You know what? Why don't you just keep your mouth shut and just be quiet? I've seen that too. You'll have some young punk, he's not even a pastor, and there's a big controversy going on. And it's a tough subject deep, and you've got this punk that comes up. You know, you'll have some 15, 16 year old know it all, want to get out there and make a video straightening everybody out on it. Hey, you know what? Why don't you You clearly have no idea what you're talking about. Why don't you just stay out of it? okay? And just watch and learn. okay? And leave it to the people that have actually read their Bible. The last thing we need, even if you pick the right side, if you pick it without knowledge, if you pick it for the wrong reason, you're just going to make our side look bad. So even if you're agreeing with me, if you just don't know, there's nothing wrong with you saying, you know what, I'm going to watch this one play out. I'm going to see what happens. I'm going to study this for a while. you know, And I'll come to a conclusion later after I've had time to study it and test it out with the Scriptures. Don't get involved in a fight you were not previously prepared for. The things that we fight, the battles we fight, should be battles that we have already trained for. Okay. Whenever they send these guys out in the military to go fight battles, they have already run tons of simulations. They have practiced all, all these scenarios. They just don't send them out there blind to do these things. They practice them first. And I think we see a good illustration of this in 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 38, when David was going to go fight Goliath. We're like, well, we, won't, we won't take time to read it, but remember what Saul did? Saul brought his armor to David. Saul tells David, here, use my armor. But you know what David said? I can't. I haven't proved these. You know what he's saying? I, I've never fought with this with these weapons. I've never, I've never maneuvered. I've not moved around with this kind of armor before. This is not something I'm familiar with. You know what he said? Uh, and you know what? I'm sure Saul's armor was better than David's no armor. I'm sure that Saul's sword is a better weapon than a sling and a stone. Okay, But not when it came to David. David went out there with what he was familiar with. David was familiar with his slinging a stone. David was used to going around, you know, without all the armor and everything. David went out there with what he was familiar with, and you know what he did? He slayed the giant with it. And you know what? Whenever a doctrinal battle comes up, don't go fighting something you have not been prepared for. Don't go getting involved and picking a side when you've never even studied it out. You've never even heard of this before. But people do. They're so anxious. To just get in the fight, sometimes that they end up, you know, messing things up. You know, and you don't want to go if you're fighting a battle. A lot of times you're dependent on your fellow soldiers, and you don't want a guy fighting alongside of you that's not trained and is probably going to be shooting you through friendly fire. And we have that too often, where there's people out there. They'll even try to side with us, but they end up making our side look stupid. And it's because they're just too anxious to get involved and sometimes you just gotta sit back and you gotta stay out of it. Most people too, most people's positions, they are they're based on who the group is represented by rather than the doctrine or conviction. Hey, are you taking this side because I mean this is this is your conviction. You believe this, or is it just because of whose side? You you just you wanna be on you want to be on brother Tommy's side. So you're gonna, you're gonna accept this too. Hey, don't get involved if you don't really know. Cause you know what's gonna happen too? You're gonna, if, what, what ends up happening many times too is people do, they jump in and they get involved in the battle. And maybe we're depending on these people too. You know, we, we think these people have got our back, we think they're on, alongside with us. But you know what? They get into the heat of the battle, one they're not prepared for, one they're not ready for, one that they have no conviction about, and then guess what happens when things get tough? They turn tail and run. That's what ends up happening. Sometimes they even decide they're just going to fight for the other side. And that's the last, that's the last thing we need. You know what? If you're not, if you, if this is not something that's your conviction, just stay out of the fight. And too many people have locked themselves into stupidity. Why? Because they did. They just got anxious to pick a side, pride stepped in, and now they look like idiots. And it is. It's sad. I'm convinced a lot of these people too that have gotten caught up in the oneness doctrine, I think they just saw a battle and they picked the wrong side. And now they look like idiots. They've locked themselves into it and it's like they feel like they can't get out of it. It would take too much humility for them to do it. And it, it's a mistake. And so, you know, we can't be basing our decisions off who's on that side. You know, it's amazing how many people were for a wall when the Democrats wanted a wall. But now, it's Donald Trump that wants a wall. It's the Republicans that want a wall. Now, all those people that wanted it before, now they don't want it. Why? Because many people, when it comes to what they want politically, it's based on, whether well, are the Republicans pushing it or are the Democrats pushing it? When Democrats are pushing gun control, you know, we're all ready for Revolutionary War Part Two. But when it's the Republicans pushing gun control, no big deal. It's fine. You know, we don't, we don't care anymore. You know, it, it's, it's, it's absolutely ridiculous. Political party often decides the positions for a vast majority of people in politics and church. Most people, when it comes to any political decision, all right, what do you think? Well, i got to find out what the Republicans think first. Let me go watch Fox News, and then I'll find out what I think. You know, let me go, or if they're a Democrat, let me go watch MSNBC or CNN, then I'll tell you what I think. No, why don't you tell me what you think? What is your conviction? What is your belief? Most people don't have any of their own. Some of these politicians do. Donald Trump could get up tomorrow and pass a, you know, partial birth abortion bill, and some of these Republicans would be cheering for it. I mean, they're just they're so in the tank for the guy no matter what. I mean, and some of the Democrats, they could probably sign a bill banning abortion. And the Fox News Baptists would fight that. I mean, you know, there, there's this—it just doesn't even matter. They—they they don't even know half the time. I'd almost like to see some of these people get up and give a speech and start saying some of these things, just to see if anybody in the crowd would even notice. If anybody, when Trump goes out campaigning, I'd like to see what would happen if he says, "All right, you will re-elect me. I promise to raise taxes and to make abortion more available and to, you know, let all the illegals." In. I mean, and some of these people, they would probably start chanting "USA." Because they don't even know. They just know I'm a Republican and I'll vote for them no matter what. And you know what? We got people in religion in the Baptist world that are the exact same way. It's ridiculous. And, you know, when it comes to a fight, you ought to choose the side based on your conviction. And I, you know, I'll tell you an example of me when I got caught in the middle of a fight was when, you know, I found, when Keith Gomez decided to have the anti-Anderson conference. I was in a bad spot because, you know, man, that's, that's my crowd. You know, not you know the the Gomez crowd. That, those are the people that I ran with. Those are the people that I knew. I didn't know Pastor Anderson. I didn't know any of these you know people in the New IP. I don't know these people, but at the same time, I like their doctrine. I agreed with their doctrine, and I had no idea he was as you know deep into dispensationalism as he was. But I remember when it came down to all right, they're going to have a fight. There's a the fight, and I'm expected to get in it. I was one of the big reasons Keith Gomez had that meeting. I had to decide am I going to pick a side based on who I like or who's right? And in the case, you know, I mean, I didn't dislike Pastor Anderson or any of that crowd, but I didn't know them. I did like all that other crowd. I've got like seven pastors, seven or eight pastors in my family. All of them are pre trib. I like them you know i love these people but it's like all right we got to fight now and i had to go with who was right i had to go with where my convictions were and you know it was it wasn't a it was a you know interesting time emotionally but thankfully i knew what i believed and you know i was able to do the right thing and thankfully i walked away with some friends i mean i i i thought man the new IP crowd is not going to have anything to do with me since I'm from this other crowd. And they're not going to have anything to do with me because I'm post-trib. You know, I've told my life, I was like, man, we are going to have no friends <laughs> after this. All We're going to have no friends. And thankfully, not everybody, even in the pre-trib world, has abandoned me and hates me and things like that. You know, not all of them. So a lot of them do. But, you know, I actually walked away with friends on both sides, you know. And I think, you know, that was God blessing me. For that, But I thought I was not going to have any friends. I, I was convinced of that. But I had to go with conviction. That's what you have to do. I, and the thing is, I was ready for that battle. I had been preparing for that battle for three years. And I, I was ready, man. I was ready to go have my sit-down, open Bible sit-down with Keith Gomez and Sam Gibb. I was ready. Alright, man. I've been training for this one. You know, I'm, I'm ready for this fight. And then, of course, Keith Gomez didn't show up. Sam Giff ran away. But at the same, you know, I never got to have my good fight like I wanted to. But I was ready for it. I had trained. I didn't just make an emotional decision in the middle of a battle. And that's what too many people are doing. And we're seeing a lot of people too, that they fall out and they flop out when a new controversy comes up. Because they just do, they jump to a side. They think, i got to pick a side right away. No, you don't. Sometimes you need to stay out of it. Sometimes you need to wait and you need to watch and you need to study and you need to learn and you need to take some time and you need to prepare before you get involved in the fight. And too many people get involved in fights they're not ready for. So make sure your doctrine, your personal position, it is a Bible position based on the Bible, not based on man. And the last thing we need is some of you, 20 years from now, if when you're getting challenged on your beliefs in the end times, well I decided back, you know, 20 years ago that I was gonna follow Pastor Tommy, and I was gonna follow that post-trib, and I got, wait, your kids wanna know now, why do we believe this? why do you believe this dad? Brother, Pastor Tommy, you know, Steven Anderson, you know, I'll start naming all these people. That's not gonna work for them. That's not going to work. If you don't know yourself, the next generation is going to lose it. And thank God, because the previous generation did not teach their generation the whys of the pre trib rapture, they're losing those people. I mean, they're losing the fight big time. It's not even a fight in many cases. So we don't want that happening to us. And it will if we make the same mistake. So look at, turn over to Titus chapter uh, 3. Titus chapter 3. Another thing you've got to make sure you do when it comes to getting your doctrine, don't spend your time listening to heretics. That's what's going to make you go off into the wrong direction. It says in Titus 3.9, but avoid foolish questions and genealogies and contentions and strivings about the law for they are unprofitable and vain. A man that is a heretic, after the first and second admonition, reject, knowing that... That he that is such is subverted and sinneth being condemned of his self. We're supposed to avoid certain things. We're supposed to, I mean, stay away from foolish questions. We're supposed to just run away from the heretics. I mean, after the first and second admonition, reject them. And many people today, one of the reasons they end off running too far to the other side is because they're spending all their time listening to the heretics. All right. You don't just spend all your time listening to the bad guy. You spend your time in the truth. You don't study the Bible through listening to heretics and finding out where they're wrong. You study the Bible by studying the Bible. That's what you're supposed to do. And if you study the Bible, then it's not going to be about being like this person or not being like another person. It's going to be about being like Christ. And that's when you're going to get it right. Because remember, the counterfeits are often very similar. And if you do, if you just try to run away from somebody who's just a little off, you might end up running too far in the other direction. So just ignore the heretics. Ignore the bad guys. 2 Timothy 2.23 says, "...but foolish and unlearned questions avoid, knowing that they do gender stripes." There are some things that aren't even that big of deals, but they are what cause divisions. And those divisions are often what creates kind of a hostility between people and what makes us want to run away from that other crowd. And we sometimes, once again, there's people, we don't want to be like them, but we don't want to be too different than them. Why? Because sometimes they're not all bad. you know. We don't want to let the leaven in our church and in our life, but we can't just be so focused on not being like them so we would get too far away, you know. Baptists aggravate me sometimes with all the foolishness that's going on. But you know what? I'm not going to go, you know, doing everything I can to distance myself from them because there's too many things where we are like them. You know, we believe in all the Baptist distinctives, like like most of them do. You know, so I'm not going to I'm not going to concentrate on running away from them. I'm just going to concentrate on following the Scriptures, and I'm not going to let my position of my doctrine being just in reaction to something that they're doing wrong you know it, too many people they spend too much time you know watching the heretics you know don't go subscribing to their youtube channels don't study dispensationalism or, or not even dispensationalism but the truth about israel you know and end times by listening to brian denlinger and trying to debunk him all he's going to do is mess with your head and confuse you. Romans 16:17 says, "Now I beseech you, brethren, mark them which cause divisions and offences contrary to the doctrine which ye have learned, and avoid them. For they that are such serve not our Lord Jesus Christ, but their own belly, and by good words and fair speeches deceive the hearts of the simple." Okay, those who are not trained, those who are not prepared, they get deceived by those guys. So you know what we do? We mark them and we avoid them. Oh, but you know this guy? He's not that much different. Yeah, but you know what? He is different. He's teaching things contrary. We're gonna mark him and we're gonna avoid him. I'm not gonna spend a lot of time on him. There's some guys that are out there, once again, some of these counterfeiters that are out there. I don't need, I don't feel the need to spend a lot of time attacking these guys. They're not that different. I'm not necessarily looking to make them my enemy and a focal point of what I do. Okay? But at the same time, I do think it's important sometimes maybe mark them and then just avoid them. You know, I just don't want to have anything to do with them. Why? Some of what they're teaching, I think is dangerous. I don't want to get caught up in it. But I'm not going to go and then just make declare them this enemy and do everything I can to distance myself from them. Why? Because they got too much stuff right, and I don't want to end up going too far in the other direction. And so, you know, when you sit, when you're sitting around listening to somebody too twisting scriptures, you know, it's going to have a negative effect on you. Okay. So for you know, the first time I ever heard anything, I didn't even really know about one Pentecostalism and all that until the whole Tyler Baker thing. But I did what the one time I was exposed to it was when I worked with a Pentecostal preacher's son, and I, I worked with him, and you know we you know we got along good. You know we talk a lot, but one time we got to talking about. Baptism, and he started talking about how we baptize wrong because we baptize in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost. And I told him, I said, Jesus said, baptizing in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost. And he's like, you're supposed to only baptize in Jesus' name. And I was just like, okay, whatever. <laughs> so it's and I'm, and, he, and here's the thing. I didn't go and look into that. I didn't go look up that doctrine. You know what I did? I said, He's a Pentecostal, thinks you have to speak in tongues to go to heaven. I'm not going to listen to him. The Bible says, baptize in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. I did not go and study that. I, I, I didn't feel the need to do that. I knew what the Bible said. I did hear somebody one to, another time talk about how you know, there was only Jesus and He was the Father. And I was just like, my thing was, I didn't go study that doctrine. I didn't go look into it. I didn't go watch the debates on it. You know what I did? I, I distinctly remember that I was like, John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. The Father sent the Son. He didn't send Himself. The Father sent the Son. The Son didn't send the Father. The Father sent the Son. Therefore, there is a distinction. There is a difference. You know, there are three that bear record in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost. These three are one. You know, I didn't waste my time listening to all that and I don't think it would have been a good idea to do that. And a lot of these guys too, they say, well, the ways I went to that, I started listening to these debates. I started listening to, no, that's not how you learn. You study the Bible, and sometimes you just got to realize who these people are, mark them, and avoid them. Too much exposure to heretics is bad. And many people said, many people, and I said this before, in the old IFB, they they base their doctrine on who had that position. That that's what it comes down to. But what does the Bible say? looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. It's funny, they won't quote Jesus' words in Matthew 24 when talking about the end times. They'll they'll quote Oliver B. Green. Sorry, the Bible says looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Instead, you know, they'll look to Schofield and names like that. That's not how that works. So our goal should not be to be as much unlike someone else. It should be to be like Christ. Because Satan is the counterfeiter, he's going to promote things that are close to the truth, and we do. we sometimes hate the guy so much that appears close because we realize he is dangerous. And but we get in trouble if we try being too different than them. Just you know what? Ignore them, mark them, and avoid them. Don't go finding out what they do so we can make sure we do stuff different. Don't do that. You know, no, do things the way the Bible says, and just avoid these people. Ignore them. You know. Also, allow yourself to be corrected by the Bible, no matter who it is that points out your error. Okay, that's another thing you got to look. What it says in Proverbs twenty-seven and verse five: Open rebuke is better than secret love. Faithful are the wounds of a friend, but the kisses of an enemy are deceitful. We need to be people that can be rebuked. We ought to be able to handle correction. Proverbs 12.1 says, "...whoso loveth instruction loveth knowledge, but he that hateth reproof is brutish." In other words, they are stupid. We ought to be humble enough to allow ourselves to be corrected by anybody. If we're wrong, we ought to want to know it. That ought to be our attitude. Hey, if I'm wrong on something, I want to know it. If I'm wrong, somebody show me. If I'm wrong on what I'm teaching, I would appreciate it if somebody would point it out to me and show me where I'm wrong. And then if somebody does, I shouldn't go and try to rank myself and say, well, wait a minute, you're younger than me. You can't do that. You know? Hey, sometimes we might... You know, we do... I've learned things before. I'm you know, listening to kids preach. I was like... You know, they'll, they'll say something. I, I've been there before. I was at Cedar River one time and I was listening to some kids preaching and some kid brought something up in the mess and I'm like, how did I miss that? I feel stupid. I don't want to learn something from a kid. But you know What? Sometimes God's going to use things like that. And the last thing we need to be is so stubborn that we won't be we won't allow ourselves to be corrected. And that's the problem too with many of these older preachers, is that they're older preachers and they will not let anyone younger than them correct them. And the only people older than them are all dead and in the graveyard. So you know what? They're going to go to their graves being wrong. Why? Because they have too much pride to be corrected. We can't do that. Pride will always get you in trouble. And we need to understand, too, this is also important. It's possible for us to be right on our position, but wrong on a passage of Scriptures. I've done this before, too, where I've preached a correct doctrine, but I misused the scripture to do it. Okay? We don't want to do that. That's another thing that'll get us in trouble. Where that, that'll make our side look bad, and then pride's going to set in. And I've heard people do that too. You know, it's like. They will misuse a Scripture to prove a true doctrine and then the other side goes and shows how they're wrong on that Scripture. But they're, they know they're right in their position. So what do they do? They have too much pride to admit, yeah, you just butcher that Scripture. And so then they get locked into stupidity. We can't do that. We've got to make sure we're quoting things right. And, but we, at the same time, sometimes the other side might point out a mistake that we make. In how we're presenting our position, and we've got to be willing to let anything correct us. So sometimes we're going to find ourselves too, we're going to be lined up on certain things with people we don't like. I wish the Catholics didn't believe in the virgin birth. You know, listen, the Catholics are already so far off, they're going to hell. So you know what? I wish they didn't believe that Jesus was the Son of God. You know, I wish they didn't believe in the Trinity. Because right? you know I'm sick of people trying to compare us to the Catholics when we believe in the Trinity or when you believe in the virgin birth. I'm sorry. The Catholics don't own those things. But what do people do? They like to associate with I wish the Ruckmanites weren't King James only. Why? Because they make normal people look bad who are King James only. They go and they go around promoting being King James only while teaching just nut job doctrines. And they said, well, you're going to get that if that's, you believe a King James Bible? No, you won't. And they make King James people look stupid. But you know what? I'm not going to dump the King James only position just so people don't think I'm a Ruckmanite. And I've had people ask if I was a Ruckmanite before. I had a missionary call me a while back and I was asking, and he was wanting to come present in our church. I'm asking about his doctrine. And I asked him about the King James only position because it was questionable on his doctrinal statement. He was like, well, I'm King James only, but I'm not like the Ruckmanites okay, Great, I hate the Ruckmanites too, but I'm like, okay, what do you mean by that? And you know, and as he proceeded to go into it, you know, this guy was not very King James. Why? But yeah, you know, I understand, listen, buddy, I understand not wanting to be like the Ruckmanites, but don't dump your King James Bible because you don't want to be like them. That's just foolish, and we don't want to go dumping the Trinity and the virgin birth just because, you know, Tyler Baker's calling us Catholics. That's stupid. Alright, those doctrines are true and we can't go try to distance ourselves from them so much that we go into another false doctrine. So it's impossible for someone to be extremely wrong in one area but extremely right in another area. That's just the way it is. That's the way the devil works. So God's not impressed with the most hardcore position. He's impressed with obedience. All right? and I'm not going to take time to read this but in Deuteronomy seventeen verse eight, God's given out laws, he's given out what he's talking about matters of judgment, and whenever there's a problem, and one of the things that he says, I'm going to read verse ten, it says, And thou shalt do according to the sentence which they of that place, which the Lord shall choose, shall show thee, and thou shalt observe to do according to all that they inform thee. According to the sentence of the law which they shall teach thee, and according to the judgments they shall tell thee, Thou shalt do. Thou shalt not decline from the sentence which they shall show thee to the right hand or to the left. Okay? Whenever a sentence is made in these matters of judgment, you do according to the sentence. He said, don't go to the right hand or the left. Look what it says. And the man that will do presumptuously and will not hearken unto the priest that stands to minister there before the Lord thy God and the judge, even that man shall die and thou shalt put away evil from Israel. And all the people shall hear and shall do more no more presumptuously. So in other words, a way we can illustrate this, if the sentence was 30 lashes, give him 30 lashes. Don't lighten up. Don't give him 29. Don't give him 31. 30. He said you do according to the sentence. Don't turn to the right hand or to the left. If anyone does that presumptuously, They're in trouble. They're going to die. You do according to what is written. And you know what? That's what we're supposed to do when it comes to the Word of God. I'm going to go according to what's written in the Bible. I'm not going to take it farther than the Bible takes it. Okay. I'm not going to add to it. I'm not going to take away from it. And it's okay if there's an area in the Bible where maybe it's not real clear. It's okay for you to be hardcore, but you shouldn't take it so far that you end up committing another sin. And I've got examples from the scriptures. I, I, I'm out of time. I don't, I don't want to go any longer on this tonight. But once again, too many people today are going off into the other ditch. Why? Because they're just trying. Their, their positions, their doctrine, it's always about who am I associated with. You know, I want to be, look like this crowd. I want to be against that crowd, and they do and they just keep going off into la, la land and other areas. We can't do that. We've got to keep it focused. And these are the ways, I think, that will help us keep ourselves in line so when the next controversy comes up, when the next battle surfaces, we've got to make sure we get these things right. We don't want to lock ourselves into stupid. And unfortunately, that's happened to too many people. And the only way they're ever going to come out of it is through a great deal of humility. And folks, we all need to be humble But you know what? I don't want to be humiliated. But you know what? If I do, if I lock myself into stupid, I might have to be humiliated in order to get right. And I'd rather not have that. So you know what? There's nothing wrong sometimes with you just holding your peace, keeping your mouth shut, study it out, and then the next time the battle comes, you'll be ready to go. You know, hey, you know, next time, whenever, whenever the next battle comes along, maybe when it comes to the Trinity battle, you've been feeling like I'm not ready for this one yet. Well, okay, study up for it because guess what? If we win, we annihilate these Trinity deniers. More is going to surface again later. Ten years from now, it'll come up again, and then ten years from now, when it comes up, you're going to be ready to go. You'll be ready to make these people look like morons. But if you're not ready yet, just stay out of it. And Learn first, prepare, and, I, and you'll be all right. So with that, let's pray. Dear Lord, we thank You so much for Your Word. Help us to study it. Help us to uh, get our doctrine according to what You wrote. Help us not to add to it. Help us not to take away. Help us not to turn to the right hand or the left. You'll help us to be right where we should be as Christians. Help us not to base our doctrine on who, so we can be like one person or unlike another person. Help us just to be completely focused on being like You. In Your name we pray. Amen. Let's...